Tom Swarbrick on LBC. 4.45, as you know, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, and in doing so, a new era has just begun in the United States. No, me- no better moment then for Simon Marx's American Week. Tom, never mind the week. Suddenly in America, it's an entirely new day. This is an ABC News special report. Good morning. We're coming on the air with breaking news from the Supreme Court at this hour. The justices handing down the highly anticipated ruling on abortion and the fate of the landmark Roe versus Wade decision. This is a majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. The moment abortion rights activists have feared and abortion opponents have craved for decades arrived here just over an hour ago. The Supreme Court, in a ruling, the draft of which we glimpsed thanks to a leak a few weeks ago, has gone ahead and eviscerated the legal protection of abortion that has been on the books here for 50 years. Roe versus Wade, the landmark 1973 case that has kept abortion legal in America is now nothing more than an artifact of history. Today's ruling gives each of America's 50 states the right to draw up their own abortion laws. And in a dozen, possibly more, the procedure will soon be completely outlawed or very heavily restricted. Outside the Supreme Court today, dueling demonstrations. Abortion rights activists, many of them bereft, calling for nationwide protests. This ruling was illegitimate. It must not be accepted. And people in this country need to stand up now, fill these streets and demand that the U.S. government at the federal level restore nationwide legal abortion. They have the power to do it. But we have to force their hand. We need to fill these streets. But also outside the court, celebrations from Republican opponents of abortion, many of them carrying signs that equate the procedure to murder. Since the early 1980s, the Christian right in America has mobilized to overturn Roe versus Wade. And now, thanks to three justices appointed to the court by Donald Trump, they have achieved their aim. For millions of women, this ruling ushers in an era of uncertainty. It will create two Americas. One, mostly in the South, where abortion is outlawed completely or very heavily restricted. The other, where the procedure remains available. Women in the South will have to travel north if they want to terminate a pregnancy. And they will, of course, need the resources to make the journey. Companies that invest in states where abortion is outlawed may come under pressure to divest. And the ruling leaves the White House and Democrats in Washington open to criticism for not doing more much sooner to try and codify legal protection of abortion into federal law. I have one thing I want to say to everyone affected by the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, and that's this. I am sorry that our country's leadership has failed you. A younger generation of Democrats is already campaigning in the immediate aftermath of the court's decision. Ashley Ehaz is running for Congress in Pennsylvania. I flew attack helicopters over Baghdad. I was willing to die to protect our freedoms. But what I won't stand for is to come back home and see my freedoms and frankly those of all Americans ripped away from us. So my ask of you is simple. Please, for the love of God, 
Get out and vote in November. Today's decision suggests the new Republican-dominated Supreme Court is not going to hesitate to drag America to the right and leave it there for decades to come. This was just the latest in a series of rulings this week that clearly indicate the court's new trajectory. Yesterday, they demolished a 1905 New York law that restricts the ability of people in the state to secure permits to conceal carry handguns. New York's Democrat governor, Kathy Hochul was incandescent. This decision isn't just reckless, it's reprehensible. It's not what New Yorkers want. And we should have the right of determination of what we want to do in terms of our gun laws in our state. The justices also this week limited the ability of criminal suspects to sue police if they're not read their rights when they're arrested. And today, Republican-appointed Justice Clarence Thomas indicated that he now believes the court should take another look at the legal protection for the right to contraception and the constitutionality of same-sex marriage. We're on a right-wing roller coaster and the evangelical Christians are at the wheel. Protests are likely all weekend. The Supreme Court building itself is encircled by a massive security fence, a fresh symbol of the febrile atmosphere fueled by the justices' deliberations. And America's brow more broadly remains very feverish after another week of devastating testimony before the House of Representatives Select Committee that is investigating last year's deadly uprising on Capitol Hill by Donald Trump's supporters. Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. And when uh, the, pro- the former president in his statement today claimed that you told him that he won Arizona, is that also false? That is also false. That's Rusty Bowers, the Republican Speaker of the House in the Arizona State Legislature. Questioned there by Democrat Congressman Adam Schiff of California, he testified that the former president had repeatedly lied in claiming that the presidential election in the state was rigged and in claiming that Mr. Bowers himself had agreed with that false claim. And he became emotional when he explained why he rebuffed repeated efforts by Donald Trump to get him to join the plot to to undo Joe Biden's election win. On more than one occasion throughout all this, that has been brought up, and it is a tenet of my faith that the Constitution is divinely inspired of my most basic foundational beliefs. And so for me to do that because somebody just asked me to, is foreign to my very being. I I, I will not do it. No testimony this week was more powerful than the words proffered by a mother and daughter team of entirely innocent election workers. All they did was register people to vote, make sure ballot papers were distributed and participate in the vote count. But the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, falsely claimed they had participated in election fraud, an assertion based on his very one-sided interpretation of some grainy video recorded at a Georgia counting centre. Ruby Freeman, the mother, told the committee that after she was personally targeted by Donald Trump, his mob came for her. There is nowhere I feel safe. Nowhere. Do you know how it feels to have the president of the United States to target you? The president of the United States is supposed to represent every American. 
not to target one. Her daughter, Wandra Shea Moss, was also on the receiving end of targeted threats. Yes, a, a lot of threats, um, wishing death upon me, um, telling me that, you know, I'm, I'll be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. That's, yeah. Were, were a lot of these threats and, and vile comments racist in nature? A lot of them were racist. A lot of them were just hateful. Um, but yes, sir. As for what Rudy Giuliani thought he saw on that video, Ms. Moss testified under oath that he was wrong when he claimed her mother surreptitiously passed her a USB thumb drive so she could upload false ballot totals to the Georgia election computer system. Mr. Giuliani accused you and your mother of passing some sort of USB drive to each other. Uh, what was your mom actually handing you on that video? A ginger mint. And thus, ginger peppermints started trending on U.S. social media. It's tempting to laugh, but the committee is painstakingly making the case that Donald Trump must be held criminally accountable for his efforts to derail the election's outcome and, as we heard yesterday, plot a coup in an effort to remain in office. Devastating testimony revealed just how close the president brought America to the edge of the abyss. Frustrated that courts across the land were throwing out his claims over voter fraud because he had no evidence of voter fraud he planned instead to install a politically sympathetic lawyer as the head of the justice department he said so suppose i do this so suppose i replace him jeff rosen with him jeff clark what would you do and i said mr president we resign immediately I'm not working one minute for this guy. Republican Richard Donahue was the acting deputy attorney general and he told the president his plan would lead to mass resignations within the Department of Justice. And the head of the department's legal counsel, sitting alongside him yesterday and in the Oval Office that fateful day, agreed. The president immediately turned to, uh, to Mr. Engel and he said, Steve, you wouldn't resign, would you? And he said, absolutely, I would, Mr. President. You leave me no choice. And, and then I said, and we're not the only ones. No one cares if we resign. If Steve and I go, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to lose your entire department leadership. And I said, Mr. President, within 24, 48, 72 hours, you could have hundreds and hundreds of resignations of the leadership of your entire Justice Department because of your actions. What's that going to say about you? Jeffrey Clark, the man whose promotion they were vigorously opposing, had already drafted a letter to the authorities in Georgia claiming falsely that the Department of Justice had significant concerns about the election in the state. On Wednesday, the FBI raided Mr. Clark's home, seizing his electronic devices as he watched on from the pavement in his pyjamas, a scene that should strike fear into a host of other top Trump election plotters. Some of the testimony yesterday beggared belief. Select committee confirmed that a call was actually placed by Secretary Miller to the attaché in Italy to investigate the claim that Italian satellites were switching votes from Trump to Biden. Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois revealing that the president had ordered Pentagon resources to be used to explore the veracity of a madcap internet conspiracy theory. This is one of the best examples of the lengths to which the pres President Trump would go to stay in power. Scouring the internet 
as he told Mr. Donahue in that December 27th call, quote, you guys may not be following the Internet the way I do. Congressman Kinzinger is one of only two Republicans sitting on the committee, both ostracized by their own party. A new poll yesterday showed nearly six Americans in ten say they're following the hearings closely and think Trump bears responsibility for the events of January the 6th. This week, he seemed to understand that the hearings are cutting through. He told conservative radio host Wayne Allen Root that Republicans had made a huge mistake by boycotting proceedings and failing to put any of his supporters on the committee. It is so disgraceful that they're allowed to do this and allowed to get away with it. And think of it, we have nobody on that panel who can fight back. We have some very good people that, you know, fight very, very hard. Unfortunately, a bad decision was made. This this committee was a bad decision not to have representation on that committee. That was a very, very uh, foolish decision. Right. Because, uh, you know, they try and pretend like they're legit. And only when you get into the inner workings, you say, what kind of a thing is this? just a one-sided witch hunt. It could have been so different, but the anti-Trump voices on the committee have a clear path ahead to continue their work. Is any of this going to make a blind bit of difference? Well, it looks like it might. It's quite a moment when conservative talk radio host Wayne Allen Root asks this of the former president himself. Are they going to try and take you out of Mar-a-Lago in shackles? This is insanity that we're allowing this to happen. Uh-huh. What's going on has never been seen in this country before. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. These are good people in almost all cases. But in many cases, these are very good people. These are fine people. And they're looking to destroy him. You know, I don't think he quite answered the question there. In a poll in the battleground state of New Hampshire this week, for the first time, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida was a more popular choice to be the Republicans' next presidential candidate than Donald Trump. Described this week in a New Yorker profile as Trump with a brain, what kind of Republican Party might he inherit? Well, this week, the Republican Party in Texas officially branded Joe Biden's election win illegitimate and committed themselves to a manifesto that describes homosexuality as an abnormal lifestyle choice. And then there's Eric Greitens, the former governor of Missouri, who is now trying to win a seat in the U.S. Senate. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. In that campaign ad, he encourages violent attacks on Republicans in name only, the so-called rhinos who do not support Donald Trump's agenda. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. It is crazy stuff, unbelievably dangerous. A candidate for national office openly inciting violence against some of his own party's members. But it's buoyed by the sense that even while Donald Trump's personal fate hangs in the balance, the new Republican majority on the Supreme Court is delivering him and the party major victories, Tom, that will alter America's trajectory for a generation. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.